Welcome to Unboxing the Tarot, a podcast about spirituality beyond the box. Hey guys, welcome back to Unboxing the Tarot. My name's Mel, my pronouns are she and they. I am an intuitive, a creative, big nature nerd. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to me. <laughs> that's it. That's literally it. <laughs> and I'm Alyssa. My pronouns are she and her. I am your resident poet, creative, intuitive, um, just all around, you know, neighborhood witch. Yeah, so Alyssa's way cooler than me because I listed three words to describe myself, but uh, that's okay. I think you are cooler than me, so I think it's fitting. Um, (laughs) So yeah, welcome back. I loved last week's episode. We talked a lot about artists and creatives and why your creations are really important to birth into this world. And just going off of that, I thought it was funny because we recorded and we record all our episodes a week ahead of time. And I think it was like the night of recording so we recorded and then later that night if for those who di- aren't swifties like me taylor swift's new old album <laughs> red came out so and for people who don't know basically taylor swift's been re-recording all her old albums so that she owns her own music because what happens in the music industry a lot is that artists don't own their own music and they can get to a point where they have the option to buy it and the thing is that because of <clears throat> fuck Scooter Braun, but <laughs> because of men in the music industry, they literally just like didn't even give her the option to buy her own music and they sold off her music. So she's like, cool, I'm going to re-record all my stuff. And actually a part of that, she's been releasing some of the songs that were quote unquote in the vault. So when you go through her old album, some of the tracks say from the vault. And I think it's interesting because literally like last week, that day we were talking, I didn't even realize the dates matched up, but we were talking about how artists and creatives a lot of times are keeping their ideas in this quote unquote, the attic and like they're not bringing it out and showing it to the world. And I just thought that was really cool. And it was definitely a big synchronicity where I was like, even someone as huge as Taylor Swift, who's like world famous, amazing, creative, literally has her own art that she keeps in this vault for years. And now finally, like 10 years later, she's like, now that I have this ability to release it, I can do it on my own terms. And I just think that that's so cool. And it just goes to show that like, even like I said last week, it's like to think of your favorite artist, not releasing one of your favorite songs or something like that is like mind blowing. So that's why your creations are needed in the world. So I thought that was just so cool. And I love what she's doing with all that big Taylor Swift fan since day one. (laughs) I I told you that I knew that the album was like relaunching and it was like Taylor's version, but I did not realize that it was because she wanted the rights to her music or she Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, taking her power back. Yeah. I didn't know that that was the purpose. I thought she was just like recycling her old. No, (laughs) no, she's no, that's like her whole thing. And she's been really stepping into becoming more of like a, I mean, I think she's always been a feminist and been political, but she talked about this in her documentary that's on Netflix. I think it's called Miss Americana, which I highly recommend to even people who aren't fans of her. I remember recommending this to one of my best friends to me, like, you need to watch this. She's like, I don't like Taylor Swift. I'm like, that's even more the reason to watch it because she basically talks about why she was so quiet on political things and she was always trying to cater to like what other people wanted. And basically from that moment forward, she was like, I can't just stay quiet anymore, especially with like Trump era and shit like that. Like I need to like start actually vocalizing, but there's a lot of dangers to being someone who's famous, obviously, and having political Mm. stances, especially as a woman. Like she's just like always 
been under fire so she's obviously had to develop a really thick skin and like be like i can either refrain from putting you know my opinion out there and get shit on because people are assuming things of me or i can put my opinion out there and like get shit on but at least it's actually my opinion and like it's like my words and i need to stand up for what i believe in one of the big things with this new album for example is she released a 10 minute version of all too well which never got a single but it's 10 minutes she made a film of it and it's so badass and it's so good it's so cool and Mm -hmm. it's just like crazy how as she gets older and kind of really figuring out this like industry just like how much she's calling out stuff now and she's just like she just needs to and it's really oh it's so good you should definitely watch the video if you haven't seen that the 10 minute version of all too well i haven't and i have like a newfound respect for taylor after this little conversation here because i didn't know that and i don't know maybe i haven't been shown that on purpose like on my that's my 100% and stuff yeah yeah like i didn't really know that she was like being um proactive and like speaking up and like calling out the industry basically which i think is so rad <laughs> yeah like it's i really like her and Ella jamil um she also talks a lot about like you know just women in the media and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's like why has taylor swift been painted as like this person who you're like shameful to enjoy her music or like it's just like all this stuff about women definitely recommend mm-hmm. following jamila jamil because her account just like highlights all these things it's like why yeah why is she painted this way and also yeah i really highly recommend whether you're a fan of taylor swift or not checking out the miss americana documentary especially to you too as you're mentioning Mm -hmm. this like it really just highlights like kind of this was a couple years ago but just what she's had to grow up with being in that spotlight and her trying to do the right thing and it's just like it really shows you what it's like also like to be famous it's like no matter what you're doing you're gonna get shat on and like you're just trying to figure (laughs) it out and like it's just crazy also how much women have to deal with shit to a completely other capacity in the media. But yeah, amazing documentary. You should definitely check it out. It gives me like Britney Spears vibes. And yeah. I know that she's been like in the headlines after the conservatorships just ending and stuff. But it does give me that like hashtag free Britney movement where when you're watching like the documentaries about her that you don't even realize like how shame she was and how like you know, ostracized she was just for being like a woman and mm-hmm. she was literally preyed upon by every single person in her life. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait for her to like tell all, honestly, like I'm so excited yeah. to watch her on Oprah whenever she goes yeah. on Oprah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Bring it. <laughs> That's literally one of the things Jamila Jamil said when um, the conservatorship ended was that she was like, okay, now that you guys freed Britney, now it's time to protect Britney because all these like media sources are going to be coming after her and shit and you need to like be educated to notice when like headlines are persuading you one way and also like not have media people and paparazzi attacking her it's just kind of interesting too because i was thinking about this the other day because i've been making some tiktoks here and there kind of just for fun but at the same time i like sometimes i'm like oh it sucks that this didn't do that well but i'm also like hey if it this like tiktok blew up or something like that do you know how much hate you would get just like literally for existing because someone's got something bad to say about you like I even posted just like a funny video of my cat the other day and this person was like WTF and I was just like you don't know me like just people are so mean like and also just random I'm like dude like you know what I mean it's just so funny so I think it's like we all think we want to be famous and stuff like that but one of my favorite episodes of Binge-topia is called my close and personal friend Beyonce and they talk about parasocial relationships how like 
you think you know someone because of the media. Like, even people are like, I don't like Taylor Swift. And I'm like, first of all, you've never met her probably. <laughs> Second of all, even if you kind of knew her or like knew of her, you don't know know her. You know no what I mean? Just, yeah. yeah, just the same way you can't like even make too many judgments about your friends because you never know the capacity of what they're going through. Like, you've probably never met any of these famous people. You know what I mean? It's just like you what probably never met anyone <laughs> yeah people that are famous and getting flack for things especially like as women is so much worse than the the baseless stuff from people that maybe should be called out you know kylie or kendall jenner are posting diet teas that are laxatives and stuff like that oh like God. that shit should be called out but like yeah but then you're not called but it's then you're like calling out someone like taylor swift because you're like you think you know her but yeah I don't yeah know. i honestly don't amazing. subscribe to any like no famous people i don't follow any of them i don't read the tabloids i don't even watch like the news i don't know like yeah (laughs) i'm just like not into that at all yeah i'm not very in the know with stuff like that either but i'm really into music and the only person i feel like i kind of have that parasocial relationship is taylor swift because i've grown up with her also yeah something i've been noticing a lot lately is icky marketing stuff and how everything is marketing like it's Mm -hmm. really just been sticking out like a sore thumb lately Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is but I've just been noticing how like my partner and I were talking about for example the other day like I'm based in Kelowna and there's um, like tourism Kelowna and stuff like that and he was talking about how basically some of the local businesses were upset with them. It's crazy. When you go to a tourism place, let's say in Calgary, the places they recommend you to go are sponsored. Yeah. Sponsored content. It's not like that they're like, oh, I just genuinely like this and I'm doing this out of the goodness of my heart. It's like, no, these people are being paid. They're being paid. Yeah. Yeah. Like money talk. Yeah. Yeah. If you look up the top five places to go in Kelowna, it's all paid content. But then you're like, oh, this is what every source is saying. Like, so basically those are the PR people that like pay. It's like crazy. That's where I think it's like when people come to visit me, I'm always like, I will give you an actual recommendation list um, because also all the recommendations aren't really going to be free events or like free parks and stuff. It'll be like, go to this winery or go here and rent bikes here. And it's like, it's crazy. And yeah, I just feel like I've been very susceptible to it lately. Like even when I go to YouTube, for some reason, I don't know why the algorithm gods have failed me because <laughs> they'll recommend Russell Brand. And it's like- Because you woke. Least, because you woke. Be you woke and he woke. Oh my God. It's like the worst when people are like, this influencer said this and I, you know, like- they're totally right. They make a good point. It's like, they're all being paid. Like, it's like yeah. clickbait weird shit. Like, when we make an episode, we're not like, hmm, what's going to turn the most sales today? Like, they literally all, all these people, like, even, it's kind of weird when it's like these, like, spiritual, quote unquote, spiritual, like, YouTubers, but then it's like, they're making, like, clickbait titles with, like, these imagery and, like, they're really, it's just like, isn't the whole essence of spirituality like things to like honor our uniqueness and like really connect to life it's not supposed to be like this like clickbait weird shit talking about conspiracy i just like i I don't know i just feel like it's very like markety where it's like they're trying to make money off of you like they're trying to like make sales of you from youtube but people are like it's just youtube it's free it's like no these people have strategies like as someone in marketing i'm telling you there's a strategy here i've also realized that too about the conspiracy and the marketing and the like just the predatory marketing even more and i think we've been talking about it a lot in the podcast lately but um even more so now i'm realizing somewhere along the years the last I don't know how many years but I feel like spirituality has become a trend Mm -hmm. somewhere 
sometime. I don't even know what it was. I didn't catch yeah. it when it happened, but looking around now, I'm like, holy shit, you can buy clear quartz at Winners. Like, when did that happen? Yeah. When did that yeah. happen? Um, also, a quick little side note for those who want a show recommendation. I just finished watching Lock and Key, the second seasons on Netflix, and it is so good. And yeah, that's like a big thing. They alchemize these keys, and it's like a lot about the intention you put into it. And I was just listening to this being like, man, this is like feels like an analogy for like spirituality where a lot of people are like, you know, you just bought the rock or you just bought the key and you expect it to fix everything. But it's like literally about your intention with it. And there's people who like think about creating things from a place of that's something they care about and they try to make it really accessible while also providing for themselves and honoring the effort they put in and stuff like that. And like you can tell it's coming from a place where they actually care about those topics and they're connected to it. And then there's like those people, it literally is marketing. They're trying to gain something from you. So when I see people like Russell Brand where they're making like, he's making a thousand different videos. As someone who's like Taurus, like really grounded energy he's just very all over the place and he's definitely being given these topics by people who are in his marketing company being like make a topic based off of this because this is trending this will get you a lot of and people think it's a coincidence it's like they're like oh he just so happened to pick this topic because he's passionate about it i'm like i am telling you as someone in marketing who's worked with like Mm -hmm. spiritual people and stuff there is literally a tactic to this it's just crazy and once you're aware of it it just like turns you off from all the people you know are not being genuine i understand you're trying to like make a business and stuff like that but it has become a trend it has become a business versus you can tell when people are coming from a place where they're actually genuinely trying to enact like a beautiful impact yeah it's like understanding just the opposite end of the spectrum so you know what you want to see like yeah you're seeing what you don't want to see so you know what you want to (laughs) see yeah exactly it's like the spectrum there's like there's always going to be that i guess and i think that the more like awareness you put on it maybe the more you see it too because I've noticed that a lot after our discussions and it's just getting more and more prevalent in my world and I don't know if it's like some algorithm that was like triggered that is like showing me more of that stuff but yeah no it's I definitely that reminds me of like when people say how many purple cars do you ever notice on the road and you're probably like none and then you start noticing it so I definitely think it's a little bit of both I think the algorithm's smart except for recommending universal brand (laughs) the universal algorithm the algorithm of god yeah literally the algorithm of god's very smart but also like I really do think it is like a perception thing at the same time, um, Mm -hmm. which was something I also kind of this in a weird way led me into like the other thing I was going to talk about briefly, which was so, yeah, I'm located in BC for those who don't follow us on social media at Unboxing the Tarot. um, I we had like a huge storm here, literally one of the cities that I usually drive past to like get towards Vancouver literally just just gone it's just like completely flooded all the roads have been destroyed you can you can look it up online about what's going on bc and even there's been so many posts where it's like three months apart was like the entire province was just our whole summer was a write-off it was just all wildfires you couldn't go outside you couldn't see more than like a house away from you because it was so smoky and it was dangerous to go outside and then within the matter of three months it's like everything has been flooded literally a whole town completely got destroyed by the fires like it's just like it's crazy what's been going on and I do want to say that I think when stuff like this is happening there's a book I read 
um, some of, but I still have to finish. It's called pleasure activism. And their whole philosophy is basically when you're trying to be a part of activism or, or enact some sort of change, it's really easy when you think about global warming and stuff like that. It's daunting and it's scary and not want to focus on it. You just kind of like, are like, there's nothing I can do. So you just peace out almost. It's like almost too overwhelming. But their point is that activism should come from a place of trying to create something that will bring pleasure to yourself and to your communities versus trying to fix a problem. Because when you're trying to fix something, it's like very draining and scary and you feel like you can't ever do enough versus like trying to create something to out of a place of pleasure. So for example, okay, what could I create that would make me happy that would also like help the situation? Okay, maybe I could create food baskets and donate to that to people who are affected by these like floods and stuff like that. Maybe I could create some sort of zero waste solution that would help both myself and I can get creative with. For example, I make those dry shampoos and even though it's something small, it's like it create I'm creating something it makes me happy and then it also works towards this bigger impact that we can have if we do that collectively. This specific environmental disaster has been a little bit quiet on social media, uh, especially like mine and in my city, like in Calgary, like we're not that far away from Kelowna or BC, like it's just like your next door neighbor. So it's like, I don't, I don't think I've had one conversation about it. I don't think that I've really seen headlines at all. And I think that people are really turning like a blind eye to it almost because the summer was so hard with the fires um, that it's sort of like people are burnt out from yeah. the actual like awful news that is constantly coming with the environment. I don't know. I feel like they're almost desensitized to it mm-hmm. in a way, but it's awful. Mm-hmm. It's awful. And people do need to think like how they can do a little thing to help the situation. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be grand, but even just recognizing it and us talking about it, like I'm sure there's people that maybe you're listening in the States or something or in Europe that have literally never heard of it or like heard of BC or whatever and have no idea what's going on. So yeah, I think it's just important to talk about. Yeah. For those who are across the world, BC is not the actual (laughs) name of the province. It's called British Columbia and it's in Canada. Yeah. And I think it's this idea, like, I totally understand that it's like the corporations and the ultra rich people who are the biggest issues of climate change and stuff like that. But we need to do what we can help. So obviously we need to hold like political leaders accountable and, and vote and try to enact this change. But in the meantime, we, for us to just remove our individual contributions and just like wait for those like big ultra rich companies to just magically change their minds. Like they're unfortunately, like it's, they're, they're just <laughs> they're not, not going, going to. to, they're making money. They don't care. <laughs> I was actually laying in bed last night thinking and I have I have this thought often because I feel like a really big change has to happen environmentally and I just keep questioning like when is enough enough or like when is big too big right like Mm -hmm. they had the fires in Fort Mac not that long ago and then like wildfires all across BC it like it's clearly getting worse and I'm just wondering what it's going to take for global action or like North American action at least to like come together and like try to find a solution like it's gonna have to be catastrophic is what I I feel like absolutely catastrophic because people are stupid and I was also just want to talk briefly about Calgary and um this environmental issues but our the new mayor of Calgary literally like 
declared like a climate emergency where it's like, okay, we need to decrease emissions and like do something about this because they're probably talking about BC or whatever. But the same day, later on that day, they announce a low fare uh, airline that's coming into the Calgary airport. Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> so it's literally like decrease emissions, but also fly around the world and do whatever. And they were literally specifying the importance of emissions, like carbon footprints. And then they're like, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, there's a new airline. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like the – what was it? I think there was like a summit for – climate change and stuff like that I'm gonna sound so not professional right now but because I'm not using the right words but basically I think it was like all 50 people or groups that attended or like 500 groups or whatever it was 50 it was like the UN something in there it was like the UN like the summit yeah yeah Yeah, and then they all flew on private jets private jets singular like literally (laughs) to come together to talk about the carbon (sighs) footprint (laughs) like if you just flew economy I would I'd be like, yeah, you know what? That's fair. You need to fly to get there. Why are you all flying? Or just your own like private? zoom in. Just like, like do a zoom. <sighs> just have a zoom session. <laughs> like the rest of the fucking world. Like, or, like, but they can fly in if they want to to get together in person. Like, I'm not shitting on that. Why do you have a singular plane to a singular person? Like, it's still that's. It's just like obviously nothing's gonna get fixed if you don't see the issue. <laughs> it's still it could be a fucking Zoom meeting. It could. That reminds me of the meme where it's like this could have been. This a could Zoom be an meeting. email. Yeah, this could have been an email. Oh, it could have been an email. They didn't okay, have to get together. Like, could have been an yeah. email. Try and focus on like things that you that bring you pleasure in your activism versus like yeah the daunting task of trying to fix something as a whole. But you can be frustrated, like us. Like, we're frustrated, but you can also think in, like, a positive lens to, like... They phrase it so well. I just feel like I can't do it justice. There's the whole concept of creating something from having your activism come from a place of pleasure. You know, obviously you get burnt out when you're not creating from a place of pleasure within your activism, and then you can't really be an activist because you're so burnt out that you can't really do much. Versus like coming from a place where you're literally focusing on the act of creating something beneficial within your communities that they're going to like, that makes you happy and it makes other people happy in turn. And it's about focusing on your pleasure first in a sense. And it reminds me of one of Ram Dass's quotes where it's something like, the best thing you can do for me is focus on yourself and the best thing I can do for you is focus on myself, which basically is to say that like, not that we shouldn't care for other people in our community, but that we can't support people in our community before we support ourselves first because if we're just burnt out and trying to help people it's not going to work to be honest but if we make sure that we feel fulfilled then when we bring that into our communities we can help us to not only feel good but to help the other people feel good as well it feels like ace of cups energy in the tarot we haven't pulled the card yet Mm. but if this comes up it would be like absolutely wild but it's about like filling your own cup and like fulfilling yourself so you can give to others so it's not like you're giving out of this like tired worn out burnt out place right you're giving to yourself and then whatever is like overflowing is like going back to like society or like your community or whatever yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. do you want to pull a card today or would you like me to I'll pull a card yeah you do that (laughs) yeah I have um my after tarot deck as well Um, after our conversation about um branching out of the rider weight it's still like basic rider weight imagery but it's like 
the moving energy in the card, which I really like. So I was feeling called to that. So I'm going to pull um, the card that I pull from each deck that I have. Um, and then just briefly before I pull a card, I just wanted to talk about the eclipse just really quick oh, yeah. because I no, feel like it. we're all feeling it. And we're right now we're two days out from the eclipse. So we're going to be like still in the eclipse portal. And I just wanted to say something about the eclipses and working with the energy. There's like varying opinions about whether or not we should be manifesting or working with the energy of an eclipse because it can be very chaotic, which I agree with. And I'm sure that we all feel that to some degree still like while you're listening, like there's almost like an electricity in the air or like a sense of anxiety or like something really big is going to happen or like, I don't know. Can you feel that today? Oh yeah. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. So it's just like, I want to say like anxiety, like I already said that it kind of feels like it's like a jittery feeling in your body. Like you've had too much coffee or something like that. But historically eclipses bring chaos. They bring sudden change shifts within or in your life where you don't see it coming. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. And I just want to advise people to just maybe reflect at this point on what has shifted for you over the last four or five days. Um, And that doesn't have to be, like I said, anything that happened in your life, like changes in your life, but maybe it happened within, like within like a belief or an idea or something, but it's a sudden change where it just like shifts for like completely 180 of like you're thinking one way and then it's a whole other thing. Um, but in terms of like manifesting with the the uh, eclipse, like people have like from what I've seen, people are getting caught up in like whether or not to manifest or like do intentions or whatever. But I say like do whatever the fuck you want with this eclipse energy. It's only what you feel is right. So there's no wrong way to do it. But expect a little bit of chaos. And that's like that can be either good or bad. But if you feel like you want to set intentions or you want to do a meditation or you want to like celebrate the eclipse like I say go for it but if there's something within that you're like I don't know I feel kind of weird about it it feels a little bit too like an- like anxious for me then steer clear like there's no wrong way but um, I think it's just important to reflect on the changes that happen in eclipse season and if you're curious about it you can even go back and like look at the eclipses that have happened this year and like pinpoint times in your life like it's actually astounding um so yeah just like a reflection journal prompt art prompt. no I love no yeah. that's very fair I feel like also feeling into like what feels best for you like don't try to like yeah google like is the eclipse a good time to yeah. be like manifesting and stuff like that ask yourself does it feel good to you to be manifesting mm-hmm. at this time it's not gonna be the same for each person there's no such thing as good or bad luck it's about feeling into like what feels best for you and also you mentioned that the next lunar cycle for the celtic tree year is coming up on wednesday and so yeah if you it's probably gonna be too late to join this because we launched the day before technically but if you guys do want to join that session you can always catch the replay or you can come to the next session if you guys do want to join you can join through the link in my bio my instagram name is your.nature.within and you can also just register through my website, which is sustainablepassion.info. And it's by donation. Oh, I see what you picked there. You is that what I think it is? <laughs> is that talking. the Hierophant? Yeah. I know so you're going to literally own this. You're going to. Oh, my God. This is your lady. This is also very fitting for the end of the year. And you can tell us why. Holy shit. This is so exciting. Yeah, it is. If you've been following me for any amount of time, <laughs> just turn off the podcast right now. I'm just, no, just kidding. 
Um, I've been going on and on about the Hierophant this year because um, in the, so this is a major arcana. So this is in the same lane as the strength card that we pulled in the very beginning. So it's one of those big, massive moving energies in our lives, which is so cool. Um, But it's number five. And when we break down 2021, it works out to five. So we have been in a Hierophant year collectively. So Oh my God. Amazing. I'm so excited. And we're we're also closing out this higher font year. So what a great time to reflect. And yeah. Yeah. So Hierophant is ruled by Taurus. Yeah, it is. Oh, this your card. <laughs> Period. <laughs> this your card. This yeah. So favorite. the Hierophant is all about our beliefs, our patterns, what we've been taught, the dogma that we carry from our peers, from our family. And really uncovering that and dissecting that and pulling back the layers of the energy behind our beliefs and why we share what we share and what is the energy that keeps us like repeating those things to other people right it's like once you realize that you can just like let everything that doesn't serve you go and begin to like rebuild your belief patterns it's so empowering and a lot of us have been doing that in 2021 we've been like, what are my government, what's my government actually, like, doing? <laughs> like, you know, like, what are, what, what, what are these intentions of the government? Or, like, is university, like, actually in my best interest? Or, like, do I believe what I was taught by my mom when I was, like, 12? Or, like, you know what I mean? We carry a lot of cultural and societal beliefs. And when we're, like, open up that curtain, we're, like, holy shit, all this stuff's in here. Like, what, what needs to go? <laughs> That's our fault. And that just brings me right into almost like kind of wanting to bring up um, a little story time that we're going to probably get into. But we haven't done a story time in a couple of weeks. So welcome to story time, guys. Um, but I was going to say it just reminds me it's kind of half story time, half just like talking about it. But of like when I went to university, which was the first time I lived alone and like literally it almost was like a giant like all the walls around me coming breaking down and mm-hmm. then the Hierophant standing right in front of me and being like, okay, what do you actually believe? Because I think just growing up and it's not our family's faults necessarily. It's like, usually it is kind of like hereditary in a mm-hmm. sense yep. um, where it's like what people have been taught to believe and stuff like that, like comes on to you, which kind of <laughs> just also reminds me of how I was in Value Village the other day. And it was just, there was such an uncomfortable situation where basically this person was there with her daughter I guess and she was screaming at the they both were wearing a mask and then they were both she was screaming at the um cashier calling her like Hitler and saying this is like Nazi Germany which for one is like I'm not even gonna get into how fucked up it is to compare any of this like privilege to the holocaust but we're just gonna put that aside for now and I was just like it just reminds me of that where like this the kid was standing there almost like so quiet and ashamed and it's like she's being taught this by her mom that this is a not even let like whatever the mask thing debate Mm -hmm. even put that to the side to treat someone like that in a customer service position like no matter what to yell at someone like that is like it's just not human and I feel like a lot of times when people are in customer service jobs the people a lot of times like let's say like when I was serving for years I feel like people are like, well, I'm paying you. So like, I'm allowed to treat you like shit. It's like, no, you're not. (laughs) Like, I just think it just reminds me of that where people inherit 
a lot of their like belief systems from like sir like what they're taught and then what they're taught and they're taught you know what i mean so it's not until like you make the conscious choice to like break that hereditary is that the right term yeah like like, oh yeah like yeah it's like it which also reminds me of that episode of how i met your mother where it's like for what it is it's called like the scream cycle or something like that where it's like the person like it's like the dad yelled at the son so then the son went and yelled at the teacher and the teacher yelled at this person so it's almost like you have to be the person to stop that cycle which isn't easy because it is like a trauma response in a sense but like yeah the hierophant reminds me a lot of that how like I literally didn't think it's not that I was taught that like being queer was bad I was actually always taught that like it's just the way that like people are and it's just as normal as being straight in a sense um but I didn't think I had the option of being queer until I went and lived on my own and I was like huh like I just thought because the way it was explained to me was like boys like girls and boys usually like each other and sometimes girls like girls and boys like boys and that was the way I was taught as a kid but someone didn't explain to me that I had the choice I was like oh I'm a girl so I that means like it's more common for me to like boys but I literally need someone to like dumb it down to me basically be like you can like whoever you want so it wasn't until I went away to university and started having all these walls crumble before me where I was in a real environment that wasn't like you know protected or wasn't like enforced me by a parent where I was like oh my god I'm queer (laughs) (laughs) it's I love that that you you realized that you had the choice but you were just taught that it was like a thing but you weren't like it wasn't specified to you that it could also be your thing like it was kind of like yes this is real this exists but like you like it can be a part of your life too yeah and how like essential languages like like I said it's because the way I was taught was that like I remember it was almost like verbatim that it was like boys usually like girls and girls usually like boys but sometimes people are gay and that's okay but it's like I needed someone to like as a kid to like literally that's why like um educating ourselves on like gender and queerness and sexuality and stuff like that is so essential because I feel like people are like, well, you know, in that kind of situation, for example, that could be looked at as like very ethical. But then I faced so much gender and sexuality dysmorphia within myself because someone didn't explain to me that I had infinite possibilities. It was very like black and white mm-hmm. and very binary taught to me. And it wasn't that they had bad intentions. It was actually supposed to be very inclusive. But in that sense, it's like, why aren't we raising our children to just not really care so much about their gender identity? Like, they can pick and choose, like, what gender they want to be and how they want to express themselves. And, like, same thing with, like, queerness. It's like, why aren't we raising people being like, you can literally like whoever you want, not even reinforcing the heteronormativity of being like, girls usually like guys, you know what I mean? And, like, I'm talking as someone from experience and, like, every queer person can probably say the same thing as, like, the destruction it does to your internal world and identity and mental health of not having that inclusivity and taught to you from an early age like no matter if the person had good intentions or if it's fairly inclusive or not like unless you explicitly allow people to be educated about this growing up and allow them to fully explore themselves like it led to me being repressed for most of my life and I had so many regrets and like trying to figure out who I am and like what was taught to me and what was not and that's very hierophant energy to me. That's huge, Hierophant. And especially like just getting out on your own and having the space and the freedom to be like, okay, what 
uh, now what, you know, like, what if you didn't ever have that, like, space for yourself to, like, dissect that and, like, start uncovering that? For me, Hierophant has really big teacher vibes and mentor vibes and leadership vibes. And it's, like, the responsibility that you have and you take towards, like, sharing your message and, like, sharing it with, like, authenticity and integrity And I think that it takes a lot of uncovering of your own kind of beliefs for you to like be like concrete and like rooted in your own teachings, you know? Yeah. So this is the first card in the major arcana where there's more than one person. It goes fool, magician, high priestess, empress, emperor, then hierophant. And hierophant has um, a figure like kind of on a throne, looks sort of like stone like stone material and then there's two people kind of bowing at their feet or standing at their feet I don't know on either side but they're looking up and like at this person on that pedestal so the hierophant has has really big pedestal energy too where it's like be careful like with great power comes great responsibility like I was talking to a friend the other day about this podcast and I was like it's really like putting into perspective like how much responsibility that I have and you have in our own message and in our own voice on like sharing authentically and in like with integrity because anybody can just have a fucking podcast but it's like mm-hmm. you're putting it you're putting yourself in that hierophant energy where you're like taking the stage so to speak but like staying on the level of the people that are listening yeah you're not trying to like and we've said this a lot is like when we're making this podcast we never came into this with the intent of or and still to this day to like teach anyone anything Mm -hmm. all of what we're talking about is our experiences so that we can reflect upon it so that hopefully you guys take what we're talking about and learn to reflect on your life in that same way if that makes sense it's not that you're you have the same beliefs as us but if I'm talking about how I for example like stories about how I figured out my Hierophant energy, you might be like, okay, that kind of reminds me of like this time I kind of like figured out how to like start viewing things on my own. So it's about hopefully us having these conversations that make people or inspire people to want to reflect in their life in some capacity to figure out their unique connection to life and their unique connection to these cards and like these themes. It's not about teaching someone anything. And that was a big thing I was going to bring up too, where you were mentioning the idea of this being on a pedestal where Mm -hmm. I kind of picture like when I get this card to me especially I kind of always thought this but like even more so now from this moment onward I think about how this is a card reminding me to put prioritize myself being in this seat versus anyone else telling me yes or taking on what they're saying like you can use other people as a way to reflect upon what your beliefs are kind of like how I said in the last episode when you go to take your order at a coffee shop and you're between a latte and a coffee and you ask them what they think and they're like oh you should get a latte and you're like "Mm, actually no I feel like a tea sometimes you need Mm -hmm. to hear what other people are saying outside your echo chamber to know what you want what you don't want and that's the beauty about readings in that sense is like there's going to be things where you're like yes that and no not that and it helps you to step into that hierophant energy that's what I feel like readings should be is like that hierophant energy of like a tool to be like yes no how does this relate to me and kind of working with that relationship versus being like having a tarot tech tell you what to do like that's why like divinatory tarot is just Mm -hmm. like no don't do that that'll just be you'll just find a place to like blame someone else or blame the tarot tech for giving you bad advice 
<laughs> just redirection of aggression. Yeah. Um, which reminds me, like, the Hierophant, traditionally, like, the meaning of the Hierophant, they were people that worked for, like, the church or for, like, the Pope or whatever, and they deciphered ancient text. So the Hierophants were the only ones that were able to read that ancient language. And so it was like you had to look to that Hierophant to be like, what's the answer, you know? And the, like, modern, like, description or energy that we're feeling here is, like, everybody is a hierophant and like you have your own ancient script you have your own language and you can read it yeah there's no one that you need to look to to be like can you read this for me like you can read it and also like taking parts of like other people's truths like when we talked about like mirroring to other people beliefs and stuff it's like when I was like trying to take people's spirituality and their practices and call it my own it's the exact same where it's like we're sharing, we're talking about things like this here, but like you're taking, like you as a listener are taking little nuggets and you're putting them in your pocket and you're going to put them in your Hierophant truth bank. (laughs) I love that. You're not taking the whole episode and putting it in your pocket. You're taking like little pieces that go, make you go, oh yeah. Like, or give you goosebumps or like resonate with you. Right. You're not taking the whole episode and swallowing it down. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. 100%. The analogy, it's like the metaphor. And that kind of <laughs> what you were saying kind of reminds me of even what we were talking about with Taylor Swift, where it's like people <laughs> almost put her and famous people on this pedestal, and then they're like disappointed when they do something or whatever. They have this parasocial relationship where they think they know them, but they, mm-hmm. they really don't. And it's like you're taking what someone else says to the fullest degree when that's like outside of you. Like you can use that as a tool to like reflect on your own shit, but people place so much of their own worth or like their lives around other people's belief systems or blah 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 Mm -hmm. and like I think it's just it's crazy to think about I just feel like this to me once again is like we're in this kind of like you said we're in this era where you don't really need other people to decipher your text you can google like translator for you and stuff like that you know what I mean there's a lot of accessibilities that have come to light with technology in the modern way to the point where we've started to have more philosophical discussions and different religions and spiritual practices are kind of being discussed more widely and openly uh, compared to the past where there's a bit more stigma and it wasn't as accessible. So it really is like a point where we're learning how to embody the Hierophant from a place of like listening to other people, but not putting them on the pedestal where they are the ultimate word. Stuff can resonate with you, but that's where I think religion kind of blinds us where it's like you're taking that would be like taking the whole podcast episode and putting it in your pocket. You're not meant yeah. to resonate with absolutely everything we're saying. You know, you might resonate with a lot of it, but mm-hmm. everyone's experiences are very slightly different. This is a fragment of a piece of our lives. This is an hour of what we're recording. It's very existential, but you kind of take what you get from it and you you run with it or you are like, no, not so much that. You know what I mean? I think it's too like hierophant being ruled by taurus um that it's important to come at the hierophant energy with the embodied taurus energy like we need to be stable grounded like sure slow rooted you know using our senses um so it's it's really helpful to use tarot and astrology together because like i feel like if you know anything about taurus energy you can like apply that to the lessons of the Hierophant. Yeah. You know, I think it's really interesting to note that in the traditional Rider Waite tarot, the Hierophant is wearing this very old 
timey robe and it seems very <laughs> professional. They're wearing like a crown and like mm-hmm. they seem very just dignified with their clothes. But mm-hmm. then in the modern tarot, it's so cool because it, there's no whitewashing as much. I feel like they're either like black or they're of some like non-white descent. The fact that they present as female, they have tattoos. And the biggest thing that stands out to me is the fact that this person has this red dress on that's very raggedy like it looks like it's like been chopped up almost like paper bag princess vibes which reminds me of almost how this modern tarot card feels this hierophant traditional card aging and kind of being like okay well like almost like my my clothes have kind of gotten a bit like raggedy since like the last time this was updated and it feels like you don't have to be some higher up Mm -hmm. in the traditional Rider Waite tarot where it feels like this is like royalty or something. That's not accessible to everyone. This kind of feels like someone who just was like, even though I'm in my most raggedy dress, like I can just go out there and be my own hierophant. Like I don't have to like rely on some like upper power, whether that's someone who's famous, some government person, a friend, a family member. It's like you're relying on your own stuff. Are they on a pedestal or a stage in that card? Or is it like it's still like it's like the it's so cool. It's the same card except yeah like it literally is basically just that their clothes are a bit more modern yeah and not like royalty-esque yeah um whereas this one yeah very similar I was funny because I pulled out the modern one I was like oh I'm probably not gonna mention anything because they look the exact same to me and then I noticed the dress and I was like oh this feels like the modern interpretation is like you don't have to look to some priest or higher up in some sense like you can just rely on your own stuff and like take and leave what resonates and what doesn't and in the after tarot, um, it's the exact same card as well. But the Hierophant has a book that they're like holding out. So like it's opened and it's showing these people what's in the book too. So this feels like the writer weight feels a little bit more like inclusive or exclusive, I guess, where the two people are like seeking the knowledge that they can't get anywhere else or like it's like kind of under lock and key. And then this one, it's like, in this one, they're like, it's a more open, like reciprocal, like it's more of a teaching, like sharing exchange of energy kind of vibe. Maybe this is a sign to watch Lock and Key on Netflix. Oh, you know what? (laughs) I was going to say earlier, but you're not like we were talking about coincidences and stuff and like paying attention to purple cars and all of that. Um, You're like the second person that has recommended that show to me in two days. So I'm definitely going to check it out because like the universe is like, hello. Yeah, it's Um, just so cool. Yeah, do you, is there anything else you uh, wanted to share before we, I guess, close up? No, I think just um, inviting people and listeners just to, like, reflect on your Hierophant year and what has come undone belief-wise and pattern-wise and what new truths you have decided are yours, <laughs> basically, because... Yes. We've all been going through it. And if you reflect back to like December 2020, like many of us are no longer the same. Like we have the same meat suit maybe, but like, but our minds and our beliefs and things that we've kind of like taken on or let go, like yeah, major. Oh my God, major. Oh yeah, that is trippy to think about. I'm definitely going to like reflect on that and journal on that, but I definitely... I've just felt so many shifts and I feel like this has been the year I feel most aligned with the different seasons because I was just thinking about this the other day how winter is always a really difficult time for me because I'm very light sensitive and I'm very like nature person like being outside and especially 
I'm a springtime baby because I'm a Taurus and I'm a Hawthorne child. So it's very, yeah, just like spring vibes. And I was thinking about how so far, I hope I'm not jinxing this, knock on wood, <laughs> but this has been one of the best winterings, even though it hasn't been like fun or pleasurable in the same ways that summer and spring is. I think because this is the first year that I'm doing the tree course where I've been really focusing on like working with the seasons versus like I always almost feel like I think every single winter except for this one I'm always like I should be doing more I should be doing these Mm -hmm. kind of like things I should be outside I should be doing this this and this and it's almost like I'm trying to like fight the current of like what the current season is literally it's almost like I feel like I should be doing more I feel like I should be socializing but because I just have been like acceptance like the acceptance of this wintering has really just like made it so much more peaceful it's not that it's like very fun or pleasurable or spring like it's literally that I because I accept it and there's that radical acceptance I'm working mm-hmm. with the seasons versus against it so it really has I actually also just finished the wintering book um by um Catherine May and I think that also just like taught me about like embracing wintering whether that's like an internal season of winter or like external and I just feel like, yeah, I've just been playing Mario and doing things inside and and moving. Winter cleaning is definitely a thing, like not even cleaning, but like moving your furniture around to be more cozy, which was definitely inspired by my friend Emma, Thema Ray, which is dot Ray. So it's T-H-E-M-M-A dot R-A-E. And basically one of the things they were saying is how they change their like space according to the season so right now they just got like their fireplace out they made a little cozy nook for the winter time you know what i mean it's like adjusting your place according to the season so yeah if you guys are feeling like making your space more winter friendly like i got my wii out uh so that i can like play more video games i'm gonna put my cassette player in my bedroom so i can listen to music more and chill so yeah just like making your space nice and cozy that's my little spotlight that's i'm gonna do that right now <laughs> right now bye right now. yeah um so if you're gonna rename the higher font what uh what comes to mind i can't rename her she's too <laughs> iconic i almost want to i feel like my cringe title would be something like standing in your truth but i can't think about another more not cringy title way of saying that you know what i mean like i feel mm-hmm. like i want to say something about how like discernment or something like that or like being being your own compass, like kind of, or like throwing out the rule book and making your own book, something like that. I was thinking like lock and key because yes, you mentioned <laughs> it a bunch. <laughs> um, and it kind of makes sense. Like you have the lock, you have the key, like just open it, like not just open it, but like you can open it. <laughs> like, just do it. Why like, are you just, not doing yeah, it? Yeah, just like open it already. Um, where it's like the power, you have the power to do it or something like, common ground um or reciprocity um or even like i was thinking like flat earth (laughs) (laughs) because there's no pedestal (laughs) oh my god that's so funny flat earthers are true higher fonts but not so iconic Um, like just like level to be yeah, a higher like, font. I feel like that's the thing. I don't want this message to resonate with the wrong intended audience. Like, we're not saying that, like, every government official or scientific person is wrong. We're not saying that at all. That's not the kind of higher font we're talking about. We're talking about, like, social structures and, like, things that are, like, detrimentally harmful to, like, like I said, like, your identity and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, that's where I was saying, like, yeah, I'm not even going to get into it. I like, just mean flat earth, like, there's no hill where they're sitting. It's, like, flat 
earth. Like we're we're taking away that term from the flat earthers and we're giving yeah, it to the hard we're claiming it to be something better. Um yeah, I do I think if we're gonna go creative titles, I love the lock and key one just because I love that show. I literally went the whole two seasons without crying. Last episode, my I don't know if you saw my story, my close friend's story, but my eyes yeah. were just like like looked like they both were just completely red and mm-hmm. I just bawled my eyes out the whole time. My partner was like, Are you okay? And I was like, I'm not gonna spoil anything. And I you mentioned okay. like that the lock and key, like they alchemize the key or something mm-hmm. or whatever, or the lock, I don't know. But it, it yeah. feels like that is the energy that we like give to the higher font. Like you need to alchemize these patterns. Like they don't just go away. Like you have to mm-hmm. shift them. They don't just disappear. Yes. Yeah. So, it works yeah. a lot with your personal intention and no one else can make that for you. That's definitely when, once you've seen the show, you'll think I'm brilliant for saying that. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go binge it right now after I rearrange my living room. Yeah, do it. Watch Lock and Key and stream the new trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, so <laughs> and watch the popular. Taylor Swift documentary. And and watch the Taylor Swift documentary. That's very important. Unfollow unfollowed Richard Brand. <laughs> Richard. Richard. Brand. I know. I know. Sorry. I'm pretty sure you're thinking. I think you're thinking half Russell Brand and then half Richard, Richard Branson, who's Branson. like a I know, yeah. billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought you were saying. I was like, I know it's not that, but yeah, definitely if you're subscribed to Russell Brand, I mean, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal, but also why? Please just probably don't do that. I'm telling you, this man does not know more than you. And I'm telling you, he's getting paid a shit ton of money to talk about things that he's like capitalizing off of. He's not doing it because he genuinely cares. Let's just say that much. And I think he won't lose out on your your one less subscriber for that. But anyways. We'll end on Russell Brand. Yeah, we will, sadly. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Chaotic Chats. I, um, We would both love if you would send us a message. Our mailbox moments will probably be, like, bi-weekly unless we get, like, a flood of them because of the way we film. Like, we just put out an episode, what, like, yesterday? So, mm-hmm. yeah, so technically we don't have a new mailbox moment for today, but we would love to just stack up on them and talk about them in weeks to come. So unboxing the tarot at gmail.com, all one word, all lowercase. Love to hear from you. Send us anything. We'll do a mini reading for you. You can share what you liked about this episode, what resonated with you, share your own stories. We'd love to talk with you guys. Also, quick little thing, we have started a Patreon. So if you guys want to check that out, there'll be some new details to come. We will be updating it as we go. But yeah, that is just launching and we're going to have a couple really cool new features to come on that. So if you guys feel like supporting us further, uh, helping us keep the lights on. We love you. We appreciate you. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and hope to see you next week. See you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>